the book writers resource podcast the book writers resource podcast hello and welcome to episode 3 of the book writers resource podcast as I was talking to David and Mandy over the last two episodes, I began to think, well, this writing thing, maybe this is something I could do myself. I've got a few um, ideas, you know, maybe I can write something. So I decided to sit down with a piece of paper, well, a computer actually, and looking at the computer, I came up with, well, I came up with absolutely nothing. It was really difficult knowing where to start. So I thought, let's start this episode by asking Mandy and David about where you start. My question was this, really. I've got an idea for a book, um, and I'm pretty clear about what the idea is, um, but I'm really worried about how to start and what, and what shape that takes. As soon as I sort of sit down at the computer or, or with my piece of paper and I try to write stuff down, I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how this is going to look in the end and and in a way that sort of stops me from going any further with it so what's your advice for people in that situation my advice to people in that situation is to stop thinking about the end i mean normally we do say begin with the end in mind but it's it's the other way around with writing in my experiences you've just got to sit down and write and when people say to me or hear about writer's block. It's not writer's block, it's writer's procrastination. You know, it's a stop faffing and just start. And it's the old adage, on a scale of one to 10, how serious are you? And if you're at a nine or a 10, just find a safe space, somewhere that you feel really comfortable. Um, I know one guy who, um, um, the other the other thing a lot of, I'm digressing now, but the, the other thing a lot of people do is, I haven't got time to write. Well, there's a guy, a famous uh, author, who wrote a book in his loo breaks when he was working in a factory. He wrote a book called The Elephant and the Twig when he was sat on the toilet. So, you know, finding the time, you can find the time if you really want to do it. And I'm just, curious how long his toilet breaks were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it may be. It's, I wonder how long he lasted in that job. Hopefully he did so well out of his books he didn't need the job anymore. But You know, it is a lovely story. And again, going back to elephants, there's a bit of a theme here, isn't there, with this with the book writer's resource, the elephants in the room. And, yeah. you know, it's called The Elephant and the Twig. And it was all about the elephant who was tied to a twig. And then, you know, a grown elephant can be tied to a twig and it won't move. So it's, it's, again, linking back to mindset. If you're really determined, you will do it. And it's finding a safe space. Take yourself off for a week or two weeks. Find somewhere nice. Yeah. You know, nice coffee shop. It doesn't have to be sitting at a desk or sit, sitting over a typewriter. And, 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 and a way to start, really, is just to dump out all your ideas, get a piece of paper and just flat down subject headings, empty your head. Is that because I am a king of procrastination, mm -hmm. and um, the thing that I noticed about myself is that we live in this world of um, multiple um, devices that do multiple things, mm -hmm. and that is for a procrastinator like me. That's that's just evil because it just means that I can be on my laptop, but I can very quickly just check my email, and then I can very quickly just do a little bit of surfing mm -hmm. in the internet, and oh, I found an interesting 
program on YouTube and and then we do all of that. So when you're thinking about where to write, it's a good good idea. What's your thoughts about that? So it's funny that you're saying that because I actually worked on a series of poems um, fairly recently, and one of the poems is called "Oh Look a Bird," and it's all about <laughs> procrastinating in a cafe. You've got your laptop open, and he's talking about all of the wonderful things that he can access on his laptop. And unfortunately, the only way around it is discipline, being able to discipline yourself to not do those things. And, and that's hard. Yeah. That, it's not easy to do. Um, my personal way of getting around that is to listen to music. And some people, when they write, they can't listen to music because the music might influence what they write. Whereas for myself, the music just is a backdrop. It's a bit of a, a nice little tapestry in the background that I can sort of enjoy if I need a bit of inspiration. But being disciplined in avoiding the procrastination is something that you have to practice at. It's not something that yeah. you can just do. It's a habit, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. Like yeah. anything, you do something 10,000 times, you know, it becomes a habit. If you can do that and just, even if it's literally spending an hour focused wholly on the task at hand, mm. um, then do it. I, I did a bit of procrastination training at university because that was something that was a problem. Um, and the suggestion was do an hour of solid work on this thing everything else by the wayside ignore it just do the work and then once that hour's up procrastinate for maybe 10 minutes 20 minutes tops then back in for another hour of solid work and if you do it like that and build that practice in actually you start developing a very good writing habit mm. you know and one of the other things is finding the right time to write I personally, I can only write very early in the morning or very late at night. The middle of the day is a complete write-off, pun intended, um, <laughs> for, for actually writing anything or doing anything creative. I just can't do it in the middle of the day. So picking the right time is essential to, if you're going to write your book, you know when you can write, you know when your brain works, you know when your brain's active. Again, that's another way of defeating procrastination. Right, okay, so some good things there. And I love the idea of um, nurturing the habit of writing there. Yeah. Seems seems really, really important. Mandy, you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I would say start off with five minutes. And um, if you can do five minutes, invariably, when you get stuck into it, you end up doing 20 minutes. And if you can keep repeating that before you know it. And, and what I say to everybody that comes to me is, Oh, 50,000 words, you know, that's a lot, you know, and it doesn't have to be 50,000 words. If you've, if you've said what you need to say in 30,000 words, that's still fine. Mm. Um, and I say to them, you know, an A4 piece of paper would take about 500 words if you're typing. If you do two of those a week, you know, if you do one a week for 48 weeks, take your four weeks off, you've got enough for a book. Um, and the other thing that I found is we all talk about being in the flow and there's that good old world word mindfulness. And I'm thinking, well, actually, if we break that word down, who wants to be mindful? I don't, I don't enjoy my mind being full, but actually it's a way to mind less. So when you're in the flow of writing, and if it's something that you really want to do, 
it's a lovely state of mind to be in once you do start. So it's about reversing the the labels of procrastination. It's about reversing the labels of writer's block. It's about saying, regardless of all of that, I'm just going to crack on and get this done. Great. Okay. So that's an, so that's an interesting sense of that overcoming this procrastination, that first point. Then, okay, so... I've done that. I've got in the habit of writing a little bit more. I've done my five minutes. It's turning into 20 or I'm sticking to that hour. Um, and I've found that I do writing quite well first thing in the morning. So I'm sticking to that. But then for me, it's still something about this, you know, whatever type of book you're writing, whatever your idea is, is something about finding the shape of it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So what, what, what can people do about that? So um, in terms of you've got your good writing habit, um, you're able to focus and get in. There's the different ways of actually getting your story down. And I've worked with a number of different people who do a number of different things. Um, there's the people who plan everything and they get a bit of paper and they will write down the sort of in rough, the entirety of the story uh, starts like this, character does this, um, this happens in the middle of the book. This is where they get to towards the end. This is how the book finishes. I know that's very sort of... And do people like that use, because there's, there's models, isn't there, in terms of like the, 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 the story arc and that, yes. that kind of five-act idea or three-act idea and the rising action and everything like that. So, yes. so do, do those kind of people, those planners, do you think they sort of stick to the, these theories a little bit? Not always. There are people I know who will just sit and write. They've got the idea in the head. It's an amorphous thing that they can just put down and they just start writing. I myself do that. Um, so that's one way of doing it. The, the problem with that particular style is you can procrastinate quite easily doing that because it's the, where do I go next? It's the rabbit hole, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, one of the others that I've encountered is um, writing scenes from your story. So um, you've got the idea in your head, you know exactly how this scene is going to play out. Write it down. Don't worry if it's somewhere in the middle of the book that doesn't make sense at the moment. You've got this scene in your head. It might be a climax. It might be a build-up. It might just be two people talking. Write it down and then work out where it goes in the story. Mm. And then as you come to putting it in the story, if it needs a bit of rewriting, you can do that rewriting. Um, and don't be afraid to do that either. Don't be afraid to rewrite parts of your story. It's very, very easy to go, well, I've put all this hard work into writing. I don't want to rewrite it or delete it or remove it because I've put all this work in. No, forget about that. You want a good book. You want something that people will enjoy. If you need to rewrite or remove something, do it. Okay, and I said I like that. You, you, you've got an idea, even if you're, you're not quite sure if it fits in your story, but it's a little scene, it's a little moment, it's a little description. Yes. Write it down, mm. get it out there. Would you yeah. agree with that, Mandy? Yeah, and, you know, um, we don't sit at airports at the moment, but, you know, um, I sit at airports and I see all these people going past me wherever I am in the world, and I think, who are they? Where do they come from? What's their name? And, uh, you know, it's like the sliding door things. You can make up an alternative life for yourself and for these characters and say, well, what if they weren't doing what they were doing? What if, 
what if they did something completely different or what if they are a spy or what if they are a nosy neighbour or and you can make up names and characters for people quite easily and have fun with it so it hasn't actually got to be written down there are apps as well there are some really good apps my mapping apps where you know if you're you know waiting for somebody or in in between something you can just jot down on your app you know um subject matter headings and then little words fly off that and they're good prompts for when you actually come to fill in the gaps and the other thing that um, works really well for me is come up with a title you have a start a middle and an end and then 12 chapter headings and what you're doing then is you're breaking it into bite-sized chunks so each of those chapter headings you can allot each of those little elements that you've thought of into one or other of those headings and in the process, then you can make sure that each of those chapters link up to each other. You can make sure that, you know, it's like the spine of a fish, really, with the spine of a book. All the spines fly off the middle of the spine. Or the branches, I suppose, yeah. or the, yeah. or the, yeah, the, or yeah. the fish the fish bones. I've yes. seen that now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's an engineering technique called Ishikawa. It was invented by, um, you know, Dr. Ishikawa. Um, and that is all about problem solving. So the start of the story is here. The end of the story is here. What has to happen with those spines coming off for the two to connect to each other? So you get your start, your middle and the end. And, you know, it, making sure that each of your characters connect to each other. Have a point is a really good one. There's um, a guy that um, has written a book about content DNA. Um, he's on LinkedIn. He's quite popular, John Esperian. Um, and what he does at the front of it, his book, because he knows we're all short on time, at the front it's at the front of each chapter it's get to the point. So if you haven't got time to read the whole chapter, you can read in one short statement what he's going to cover off in that chapter. So you can flick through or you can read it in depth. So it's making sure that you're appealing to the reader and getting everything down in a, in a logical order that it's going to be That's easily a, readable. Like a TLDR, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. TLDR. Too long, don't, didn't read. Too long, didn't read, okay. <laughs> and a secret yeah. confession, I, I am a skim reader. Right. You know, if I want to get to the point, I want to get, you know, yeah. if, if somebody's waffling, I'll, I'll skip stuff because the human mind is amazing. We can, we can fill in the gaps. Yeah. We don't always need all that depth of detail. Um, and that's interesting. And I, and I guess in a way what, you're, what he's describing there is it's pretty much an academic form of writing, isn't it? So you start with a summary. It's like, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to discuss, and this yeah. is what, what I'm sort of hoping of, yeah. to find out. And then your main body and then the conclusion. So actually you can read the summary and the conclusion, and yes, you miss the finite details and the, the real depth of the story, but you might get enough information from those things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, uh, I mean, because we've just spoken, like, you know, roughly there, how you would um, go about writing a subject matter book. Yeah. But I do know quite a few novelists and one of the things that I've been um, asked, especially the other day, was it's not very original. And uh, my point is, well... Sorry, people told you this the, is not very original yeah, about, the, about the book that they've, the, they've yes, read. Yes, they, oh, okay. they feel that their own story is not very original. It's yeah. a bit like, I don't know, it's a bit James Bondy, or it's a bit like Lord of the Rings, or it's a bit like, you know, Mills and Boone's Romance or something like that. And... The thing that I've generally come back to is generally there are only seven different kinds of plot points you can take within a book and they've all been done throughout history. So of course your book's not going to be very original because 
you can't really be original. You can come up with a, a concept that is unique, but the actual um, sort of the way that, that that turns itself out is not very original or unique because those plot points, those designs, those concepts have already been played out. You can mm. take one, two or three of those things and marry them together to create something unique, but it's not wholly original. Right. And yeah. again, if, if you look at... You know, Star Wars, James Bond, Indiana Jones, uh, the cowboy western movies. You know, it's, communicators talk about you've got, you've got the goody, the baddie, the town sheriff, uh, the judge. You know, the passers-by, etc. You've got all these key characters, and it's it's based on the hero's journey. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, so the hero's yeah. journey is a really good way if you don't know where to start. Read about Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey and mm -hmm. get yourself a goody, get yourself a baddie. Uh, you know, and and twist twist it around, but every good adventure story is a hero's journey, mm -hmm. really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so there's a, so there's a few different things that we can sort of mm -hmm. help get us off the ground there, yeah. and then I suppose I'm sort of finishing this up. What, what what do you guys do when someone comes along? Have you got any sort of particular ways that you try to get people into some of these habits you've been talking about? Um, well, we. What I do is I talk about um, having a book structure. And so I spend time generally with somebody who's who's on a scale of one to ten where one is, one is low and ten is high. I mean, it's a good a good measure for getting somebody's motivation. If they're at a nine or a ten, we'll do a book structure session where they talk, they empty their heads because, let's face it, by the time somebody's coming around to write a book, it's probably been sat in their head for a while. And, you know, they want to prove people wrong. They want to say, I want to do this. This is my legacy. You know, it could be a life story. It's important stuff now, especially with the pandemic. I say to them, blat it all out. I write, keep a note of everything, and then work with them to come up with a structure, a, t a, a draft title heading, 12 chapters. And they've got a structure then to go away with and work. And, and if they invite me to, I will give them feedback on what I think of their idea and there's no such thing as a bad idea because it's their idea. Um, and then I will make, you know, suggestions about what those chapter headings could be, what the characters might be doing. And it, we, I act as a sparring partner, really, for the ideas that people have. And then it's really once they start writing, it's making sure that each of those chapters link up. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you. And you mentioned 12 chapters, and I want to come back to something that David and I, would, we were talking about earlier, and you had a fascinating little thing about the, the number yeah. 12. Tell us, tell us about that. So <laughs> the number 12 features a lot in various cultures in history. Um, so if you know, it's often been described as the holy number or the, the God number, I guess you could call it, where 12 is the, the paragon, so there's 12 gospels, there were 12 disciples, things like that. Um, but it also comes back to things like when time measurement was being developed in Mesopotamia, where you, obviously everyone knows you've got 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes an hour, and then 24. But if you break that down, they're all divisibles of 12, and that's what their number system was based on. It was based on 12s. And in... Older British culture, our money was pretty much divisible by twelve, and so the twelve actually it works in the human psyche for whatever reason. It's the golden number. So if you've got twelve chapters or twelve points for your book, actually you're probably on a bit of a roll to get your book really going because you're already 
working with something that's been tried and tested for centuries. Well, that's great. And it's a, it's a lovely thing to have at the back of your mind anyway, and that the 12 is a good number, whether it is or not, you know, but you can be superstitious about it and that yeah. sounds good. We'll have to make 12 episodes now, I suppose, yeah. won't we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and in fact, I uh, created something. Uh, I use it for a book. I'm writing a book at the moment. It's called 13 Boxes. And it's loosely based on the Hatton Garden robbery about the boxes that never went back. And by the side of my desk, I've got a clock face and each of those numbers represent a character. And in the middle is the, the, the core of the book in terms of the book title. Each of those characters must be connected to one other character in that story. Um, and I've placed actual physical avatars next to each of those numbers. And that will make sure then that characters aren't just dropped in, you know, coming in side left and then exiting side right to confuse the reader about why on earth are they there. They're all connected to each other. And then I, I have a lot of fun then connecting each of those two characters together. And they might be connected to more than one character, but yeah, that's a really good way of, you know, having a visual of where your characters are. And, and it's quite fun. And again, it's 12, isn't it? Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. I think uh, I think I can get off from this idea into into the into the book now with all yeah. of these um, points given to so thanks very much Thank i'll you. see you bye bye, bye. So once again, thank you for listening to episode three of the Book Writers Resource. If you want to hear more from Mandy and David, you can find them at www.thebookwritersresource.co.uk and you can email them info at tbwr.co.uk. Thanks again for listening. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. Goodbye. The Book Writers Resource Podcast The Book Writers Resource Podcast This podcast was produced by Listing Shelf Audio